0: Welcome back to Watch Once Never Again, the podcast where we watch disturbing movies so you don't have to. I'm Dax. And I, am Mary Beth. And we're back with another exciting episode about Midsummer. <laughs> Cause This movie that we're covering the director's cut, um, so if you didn't already listen to the first part of our Midsummer, uh, it's not a series, I guess. Um, Discussion. Yes, thank you. Um, Then go back and do that, and then listen to this one. Um, This movie's long as hell, so it requires multiple parts. (laughs) It's like almost three hours long. Correct. Correct. But, um... Oh my god.
1: So uh, we, we left off last time talking about a million different things and not being able to talk about everything, because... There is so much to talk about. But I know that I guess I think maybe this time we can start talking about um toxic relationships. Maybe we talk we like like danced around it most of last episode and then just like never actually talked about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um
0: we were really on one last episode. <laughs> it's um fine. Yeah. Well <laughs> let's let's start this out by talking about how Ari Aster wrote this about a recent breakup of his or it was influenced by a recent breakup. Also, I'm sorry, once again, the, all the dogs in the neighborhood, it's, like, fucking, like, they all turn into Cujo as soon as I'm recording. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I under,
1: understand.
0: Um, <laughs> um, anyway, he was inspired by a breakup of his and um midsummer is what came out. So um that's you know interesting.
1: <laughs> so sometimes I wonder why people admit these things to the public. <laughs> like I, I understand mean, being he, he honest. I to. understand. Like yeah, and like I understand being honest about that, but then like and we already are like how you asked her what the fuck and then he says that and he's like you're like so which
0: one were you? <laughs> Actually, it's funny you should ask, because in an interview with, I think, Vox, he he said that he's been on both sides in the relationship and that the movie definitely is supposed to align you with Danny. And um, he wants you to see both their perspectives, but he wants it to be harder to understand Christian's perspective. And it definitely is, because he's such a shithead and that's on purpose he he said that he has been the person who wants to hold on desperately to this relationship that isn't working and he's also been the person who's afraid to leave and so just kind of clings on to the the relationship like in a limbo state okay and honestly like first of all i don't think that he had to admit that like it was very obvious that this came from a place of experience yeah Um, but I think, I think that's good to say. I, my thing is that anybody can be the toxic person in any given dynamic. Like, I don't think there's anyone who doesn't have it in them to be the toxic person. So I actually like that he admitted that and is like, yeah, I was the shithead and I've been the person on the other side of the shithead. And both of them suck for different reasons. It doesn't seem like he's, like, excusing anything that Christian does. In, in fact, it seems like he's really anti, uh, anti-Christian, anti the character, <laughs> if anything. yes. I think more people should admit that they were the toxic person. Why not?
1: I do, too. I think people are too nervous to ever, like, say that they were toxic. And, like... I also think, and this is something that I've realized in going to therapy and taking care of myself, is that like I, I, I am on Danny's side here, but Danny, Danny's behaviors can be construed like there is a world where like that is that is displayed as more toxic. Like I have lived phases of my life where I have been like really, really depressed, and I have become like a monster that uses my mental illness as an excuse. And I have had plenty of friends do that. And it's like, really, it's way easier than I think people want to admit to slip into that kind of toxic behavior. And it also isn't always as like, obviously toxic. You know what I mean? Like, I think that what this movie gets at is like the nuances of like toxicity and codependency and how, when someone says you're toxic in a relationship, it doesn't necessarily always mean like they're doing the worst stuff, but they're doing incredibly harmful stuff that might not always be so obvious, which I think is what got me watching this because like, I have been the girlfriend who is like crying and is like not like, The girlfriend who does, in fact, use some stuff to kind of manipulate. I've been that person before. I'll admit that. When I was a younger, more immature person, I've been there. So
0: do you think Danny does that? I I don't see it.
1: I mean, I'm saying I can see a world in which that isn't reality in the movie. I'm not saying she does it in this movie, but I'm saying that like there are hints of that, that the movie could have taken that route. So I, I think there is there is an air of like codependency here. Like she I I do think that she is part of the problem. I don't think she's like but I think it's because they're both in like a really bad situation. They both don't want to let go of the relationship and they're both like kind of living in a state of passive aggression, like not sure how to talk to each other about their feelings and not and I think that like that breeds bad relationship dynamics
0: yeah i could see that i it just for me just based on the movie it seems like she does try to talk about her feelings and he kind of just shuts her down and it's not like she's not doing any work she does have a therapist she calls a friend and is like hey like can i run this by basically like can i run this situation by you and you tell me if i am being the worst because she's trying to convince herself she is she's like, Oh, I lean on him too much. And her friend is like, uh, he's your boyfriend. So I don't know. Like I agree with what you're saying. And I think that, um, that's definitely a possibility for anybody who has mental illness. Um, it can get to a point where you are using your mental illness as like an excuse for not working on yourself or for any bad behavior. But just based on the, what we see in this movie, I don't see it with Danny. I think Christian just really doesn't understand what she's going through at any given point. And
1: yeah, I don't know. and I mean, I mean again, I'm not saying that she exactly does this, but I just see kind of whispers of of like myself and some of the stuff that she does that I can. So that's kind of where I'm
0: going from with that. I can see that for myself too. I remember in high school being the person who lost family members or, you know, I was dealing with gender stuff or whatever. And I would cry to my high school girlfriend. And sometimes I look back and I'm like, I think about our dynamic and I've gone over this in therapy, so I won't go over (laughs) it too much. But um, I think about our dynamic and, you know, we don't talk at all anymore. There, There was like a period of like 10 years where we were pretty good friends but we don't talk at all anymore and i look back and i'm like yeah that relationship was really traumatic for me um for like myriad reasons but on their side it was probably a lot to deal with me and i mean christian and danny are a little bit older but not by that much like when you're a grad student you're what like 22 or 20 maybe 24 Right.
1: Depends.
0: Yeah, I think Danny. It, Danny's d- it like
1: does a, depend. Yeah.
0: Well. Yeah. I would older. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm older still not me. done my bachelor's, so, <laughs> uh, and I'm 31, but um, typically you're like around like 22 when you go into grad school, and um, Danny's a grad student. Christian's a PhD candidate. At I, I think somehow I wonder how he got in there, but yeah, anyway. I digress i'm just saying i can see what you mean and you know from both perspectives like trying to help someone when you don't have the skill set to help them is oh yeah probably just as difficult and maybe not as traumatic but um traumatic in a different way as you know it is being the person who needs the help
1: yeah, and I think like that's a really and like I think that hits the nail on the head about like the skill set because like I think when you're especially when you're younger you're like oh my friends can support me and then you go to your friends and like with me like a bunch of stuff I'd go to my friends with and I'm like uh, looking back that might have been a lot but you know you don't it's hard to like put because like Christian is a bad character but I still think that Midsummer does depict codependency in a really interesting way mm-hmm. um, in a way that I think is like an important way to see codependency and that like again he's still like the way he handles the like that whole dynamic is absolutely shit like the way that he kind of treats her especially after the death of her sister and the way that he interacts with his friends like he is i think what he thinks is trying um not that it is but it's like what he thinks is trying is like oh yeah she's invited i invited her and she's not gonna come but i invited her anyway and then he she comes on the trip and everyone's like what the fuck and like that is just textbook like horrific communicator no idea what he's doing like what buddy (laughs) you are in your 20s i thought we've learned by now um but i do think again like we see her talking to her friend, but we do only see inside of their relationship dynamic. right? Like, we see with his friends, but we don't... We see her so... And again, this is, like, a lot of the point. She's so isolated. Um, she's always with his friends. Like, she's going mm-hmm. on a trip with his friends. We only see her at parties with his friends. And, like, she is trying to keep her shit together. But she also, like... Keeps looking to him for that support when he obviously doesn't want to provide it, but she doesn't know where else to get it, and it's just like this. Again, makes toxic soup that is ripe for going to this weird ass cult in the middle of Sweden, <laughs> and it all comes to a head there. But yeah, I just I think there's a lot of interesting things that this film does with codependency, that I, the more I watch it, the more I'm like fascinated with terms of relationship codependency because that is something i have worked on for a very long time in therapy so it always comes to mind
0: (laughs) yeah he's codependent too i think you know yeah a lot of people don't point that out but like not wanting to leave somebody because you're afraid you might regret it like that's I think still codependent because, like, yeah, what someone in a healthy state of mind or a healthy relationship would be like, Well, I'll find somebody else, or I'll just take a break and just only focus on myself for a while. Um, but he's like, No, I might need her, and it's like, You obviously won't because you don't want her right now and yep. like you know what i mean
1: it's like it's it's got that vibe of like insurance policy shit of yes. like well like well I, well I might need her if no one else wants me and like i right. i have been the girl that has been like oh well yeah i have been that person where like i'm he'll, the 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 man i was dating like well but what if no one else wants me, like, and I don't want to lose the one person who will? Like, it's a really horrific situation to be in emotionally. You are the person that, like, is the backup option.
0: Yeah, that it. that's really rough. Anyway,
1: <laughs> yeah, I was the backup option for two guys. It was bad. Um, yeah, never date
0: men. I stay the backup option. I live there. No, I'm just kidding. But well, I uh, have been. Uh, <laughs> uh. I think a lot of people have been. Yeah, I want to um, talk about something that you kind of pointed out, where you said Christian might not realize he's doing it. I think he does know what he's doing. In that argument they have, where after the party, where you know he his friend accidentally reveals they're going to Sweden in like two weeks or whatever, and Danny is like, "When were you gonna tell me that?" (laughs) And he literally flips the conversation around, so that's her fault. Like, even the camera does it. She's mirrored, like, the mirror shows the conversation flipping so that actually she's in the wrong, even though she's not. But Christian wants her to be in the wrong. And that's like,
1: gatekeep girl box, yeah. with Christian. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. And then finally, you know, once the argument kind of simmers down a little bit, because she is like no no it's my fault you know I, I'm sorry I was being like emotional and I, I want you to go I, I'm not upset I, I was just confused and you know once she kind of takes the blame then they sit down on the couch and he's all well I was gonna tell you but I wanted it to, to be romantic and you ruin the surprise that to me feels like he knew what he was doing that whole time and he knew that if he kept pushing the issue or pressing her buttons that she would eventually think all of that was her fault and then um he would be able to further pin it on her um by like giving the excuse well i was gonna tell you and make it a romantic trip i don't know if he says for her birthday but like a fucking
1: romantic trip with her his grossest dude friends
0: That don't like her. Like, I mean, Pele likes her. My Um, thing is, I'm so sorry, but, but like, why
1: why the fuck did, I would be like, I'm not fucking going. Again, I know that this is because of, like, she is actively grieving, and I know this, like, I know. But still, that sounds like my worst fucking nightmare. I'd be like, nah, buddy, like, you can go. Like, fuck you, you obviously. But again, this is a toxic codependent weird relationship like obviously it's not gonna be the way that we would do it but it's just again. i think that kind of shows even further that like this is just a really weird dynamic because she's like yeah okay i was just like yeah understandably she goes because she's going through all this shit but also like fuck that that is like my worst nightmare be like you go and then We'll talk when you get
0: back. you fuck. <laughs> yeah, and it's not until after she goes where she realizes that she's the only one who's there not doing research, and so she doesn't get why she's there. It's like, yeah, because he lied. And I. it really, the whole thing makes me wonder, like, you know, there's that part where he and his friends are writing together, and um, he says, oh, I invited Danny, by the way, but she's not going to go. And then they're like, they're basically like all confused and are like, so she's going to go. And he's like, no, she's invited, but she's not going to go. That makes me wonder, what was his plan? How is he going to get her to not go? What was he going to say? Also, who just randomly invites an extra fucking person two weeks before?
1: And I do think that it is his, I think he thinks he's like a mastermind. And this is the thing with Christian. I think Christian is the epitome of a spoiled white kid who is used to getting whatever he wants. And so he acts that way because we see this when he t- starts fucking with, um, Josh. So like this to me, it, it, it reeks of like, I know what I'm doing. Like, she's not going to want to come with all of the guys to this place. Like, and she's like, feeling like shit and she's grieving and panicky. Like I'm, I invited her to make her feel better, but I know she'll say no because of course she'll say no. And she didn't. And it's like, uh, sign one that you are not like this all knowing, like, Mastermind, and then it starts going even further when he starts being like, "Oh yeah, I'm gonna do my thesis about the Harga," and Josh is like, "Cool, so you're taking my thesis," and then he just starts acting like, "Oh, it's fine, I can do whatever." Like, he's got this entitlement that I think he that he he believes kind of keeps him safe, and then it doesn't. Ha 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 but I think that kind of goes throughout of him thinking he knows what he's doing and that he can kind of walk through life and make these decisions. And then surprise bitch, you get put into a bear.
0: (laughs) That scene with Josh always really sticks out to me, especially because in the theatrical cut, um, the part where they discuss the thesis in the car is cut out. So Uh in the, in the director's cut, Danny asks Christian, like, have you figured out your thesis? And he really, like, passive aggressively is like, well, as you know, I don't know what I'm doing. So, like, basically, no, I didn't figure it out. He's so, like, oh, I wanted to punch him in the face. But that just highlights later on when he tries to act like Josh, he tries to basically do to Josh what he did to Danny earlier earlier in their argument where he tries to turn it on Josh, but Josh isn't having it. So Christian is basically like, well, you know, I was inspired and you, I never said that I wasn't going to do this basically. And Josh is like, are you fucking kidding me in the, I th- I feel like in the director's cut the argument between them is a little bit longer.
1: It is because there's a the really funny line about JSTOR.
0: Yeah, you didn't even know how to use JSTOR. <laughs>
1: which is like iconic line forever and ever, amen. Um, yeah. I also I so I saw this when I was in grad school too. So like I mean I didn't see that the cut the like that cut, but it just made me laugh watching the whole grad school like debacle like PhD stuff. It made me laugh that part, but. Yeah, they have a longer fight where he basically, Josh is like, basically saying like, cool, so you're going to benefit off of my work, which I mean, like the not so sub subtext here is like, you're going to benefit off the work of a black guy who's doing all this research and is putting himself in unsafe spaces and going to benefit off of it. Um, Fuck you.
0: (laughs) And he outright asks, he's like, why are you even in academia? Which is a great question that I've been asking this whole time. Because he doesn't know what he's doing. But he has no idea anyway. what he's doing, no direction. You never see him really working on anything. Um he just like passive aggressively is like, But I don't know what I'm doing, Danny. You know? Yeah, I I really like that scene because it not only highlights how christian is benefiting off of josh's research josh's josh seems to have done a lot of really hard work like you see him diligently writing all the time you see him even questioning christian when they're at the bar and he's like hey do you think you're like playing out this melodrama basically so you can avoid writing your thesis and christian of course gets really mad about that Which, you only really ever see Christian get mad at Josh. Interesting, because of another thing that I'm going to say. The other reason why I like that scene is because I think that really makes it clear in the movie that Christian is a stand-in for colonialism. His name is Christian, after all. And I think that he basically, in that scene, is going, well, I'm going to take this now. And Josh is like, could you fucking not, please? And Christian was like, mm, no, I'm gonna take it. I don't <laughs> care. And I I think of all of the scenes leading up to that moment, I think that that moment's the most clear that Christian is the stand-in for white entitlement and Christianity in general. Um, and I think that, that it's a brilliant, I, in my opinion, that is a brilliant way to make all of the points in one scene.
1: Yeah.
0: Love it. Yep. Also hate it. It's hard to watch.
1: Yes. All of all of that. Yes.
0: Yes. Bringing up... Josh brings up another good point that we talked about talking about. And it's that um, the cult, which I, I read in that same interview that I talked about before, that mm-hmm. Ari Aster doesn't consider them a cult. Which... Oh, interesting. It's not just Ariaster, it's the interviewer too. I'm really sorry I forget who the name of the interviewer, but they also said they didn't think of it as a cult because basically there's no real leader. Even though in my opinion, there does seem to be a leader. Don't you think the the woman who's like yelling at the oh, beginning?
1: Yeah. I was like gonna have a whole thing like thinking like she looks like a very matriarchal society and how like
0: She has her own hut.
1: Yeah, like, there's, like, these illusions of, like, guys, you know, seemingly like they're in power, but she is the... Like, that woman is kind of, like, she's always the master of ceremony. She's always giving the speeches. She's always, like, leading people to the next activity. Like, I definitely thought that she was the leader. 100%.
0: Yeah, I, I feel like there's really no question that she's a leader. Like... Yeah. I don't know maybe this person only saw it once and I did watch it 700 times and you've watched it like two, maybe three times at this point <laughs> but anyway, it's a racist cult, right So you would think they like Christian
1: Well I think but like yes, but I think that they don't because so I was thinking about this a lot with um like re-watching it. And f- focusing on Pele and, like, how they have to bring people in because there's such a small cult, or a small group, a small commune, whatever. And they're like, oh, we have to bring people in. And, like, we obviously learn more about why, but it... Because I have a lot of, like... My thing is, obviously, in my eyes, like, Danny was meant to come and this whole thing was meant to happen for Danny, in my opinion. Like, this... then going again with the inevitability that we saw with Hereditary i think that like the ending of this speaks to like oh they had these grand plans for her to begin with and that makes that made me think like okay so they're looking for and they always talk about a may queen and i do have a question because they say like okay this this certain ceremony only takes place once every 90 years but then there's like a wall of may queens so i'm confused about like the frequency of what's happening and like is she a different kind of may queen versus the other may queens of like the pictures we see on the wall or are they trying to throw people off i'm not sure but that that part kind of um trips me up watching this but i do think like he's obviously like they're bringing i think they are focusing on bringing women into this cult specifically or this commune specifically obviously they're bringing in men but all of the men that we see Plus, Connie, R.I.P. Like are used as sacrificial lambs. So I think there's something interesting here about like wanting to bring women specifically into this group from out the outside.
0: Yeah, they they kill all the dudes. It's just weird to me that they don't. They seem to like dislike Christian I guess Christian just sucks in general like he even when the uh, Ruby Rotter is like taken he's like we do not associate with Josh as friends or collaborators it's like okay dude <laughs> even Danny's like looking at well, him like what is wrong with like, you and they're all well, like yeah. uh <laughs>
1: well one he sucks but two I I do think that I do have again this is not substantiated but I get the vibe that Pele had kind of like maybe given some heads up about what is coming, like who is coming and who he is bringing. And I just always got the vibe that like, they kind of knew that he gave them a heads up about like the dynamics of some of them, not like full on, like who is who, but like, like the breakdowns entirely, but I feel like they probably already had a vibe of like, we don't want to like Christian because we want Danny. And so like,
0: yeah, their goal is to separate them and make it separate them. Yeah, exactly. I think that's confirmed though, because, um, in the beginning when it shows the like tapestry thing, you can see Pele in the tree, like as a pied piper, he's literally like playing like the little flute or whatever. And, um, all his friends are like being led to, the harga yeah so yeah
1: but it's more like i guess like thinking about like the what they like what was communicated i guess but
0: oh i see what you're saying yeah
1: like obviously he led them there for that like that i know but i'm saying like communicated to the group like to the rest of the harga ahead of time about (laughs) not making any
0: sense i see what you're saying though i also wanted to bring up the time they say this happens every 90 years and not only is there like a wall of May Queens, but everyone knows exactly what to do, like how do they all know what to do it like mo- none of them were alive, right? none of them were alive ninety years ago, yeah, um, because they
1: all did they died at the age of seventy two like they all die,
0: so so how do you yeah. know what to do? You're lying, you do this every year. <laughs> like, yeah, like they're they're talking about the feast. They say this kind of feast hasn't happened in 90 years. But like there's there's just no way that's true. <laughs> like
1: I just don't yeah, I'm like I guess you're lying, but I I'm not fully sure like what is happening here? Also, what happened to the other May Queens? Like did you light them on fire too? Like I I don't I don't know. Like it's just that whole part it, to me is that's movie falls apart a little bit to me there i will say sorry y'all but that's where
0: it falls apart. <laughs> um you know what i just thought would be interesting if if we had been able to see the wall more and you notice like maya maybe was up there and then that's like confirmation that they keep all the may all the women in the harga are actually like past may queens that would be very interesting to me hmm, yeah but as it is um i think it's just like they're just lying <laughs> yeah and only the men really matter um because they are sacrificed and, and, and
1: like I do think there's something really interesting mm-hmm. there too of like we, we've been talking about like you know parallels with the alt-right and you know fascism and white supremacy in this film I mean, like, they're, they're also, like, kind of like, oh, yeah, this tradition we have, this very important tradition we've had for so long, definitely going to use that to manipulate. Like, I feel like that's similar to rhetoric that is used by, like, alt-right groups of, like, this is a tradition we've had in our bloodline for this long. And you're like, I don't think that's true. But it's like they, they rally, they, they kind of, and I'm not saying that they actually believe that, but they're kind of mirroring that language to kind of make it seem authentic. You know what I mean? Like, oh, if I say it's an ancient tradition, there's an authenticity given to it, and therefore it's a lot harder to, like, refute the fact that it's legitimate because it's been an ancient tradition around for so
0: long. And if you say it's an ancient tradition or just, you know, a part of their culture historically or something, then there's, like, kind of an excuse given when it's problematic or, you know, racist. (laughs) So for... Uh, for the Harga, you're talking about the atestupa right?
1: Yes.
0: Is that what you're talking about, the problematic thing? Yes. Although, yes. I guess that's not problematic. It's just, like, fucking... <laughs> I, I don't well, even... Well, I, I
1: mean, I'm, I'm also saying just, like, all of their thing, Like, I'm saying, like, the whole situation. I like, see. all of the, like, oh, yeah, this is just... It's been around for centuries. It's been around for, like, everything about the whole... Like, all of their traditions are like, oh, they're definitely, like, just ancient traditions that we can't abandon. Like, all of it is like that. Like, the Estepa is obviously fucked up. But, like, as it progresses, you know what I mean? Like, that, I feel like, it gets even more sinister the further it moves along into it's not just old people killing themselves. Also, like, every person who hits 72 has to do that. Like, fuck that. (laughs) Like, has to jump off of that cliff. (laughs) <laughs> and they all look not happy. Like, they love, they're so excited to do it. I'm like, those two people do not look happy to do that. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm projecting, but there's not an ounce of excited <laughs> excitement in the eyes of either of those people.
0: I know. Yeah, I, I find that interesting, too. I also, I read at some point somewhere that they're supposed to look like Christian and Danny when they're older. Um, Oh, didn't get, uh, I I actually do see it now that, now that I've, like, I saw that, when I look back, I'm like, she does kind of look like Danny a little bit, if she was older. Uh, I
1: don't
0: know if I buy that one, but that's okay. Anyway. That one, I don't know, but that's, Um, that's fine. I totally see what you're saying. Yeah, it's like, well, it's not our fault we had to kill all the people of color. They just so happened to be the ones killed first. But it's tradition for us to kill all the men, obviously. It's tradition or history for us to have these, like, uh, Confederate statues everywhere. Like, as an ode to slavery, basically. You know, I see what you're saying. And it is really similar uh, language being used, and like I said, it get when you say something's historical, it's like, well, it's not my fault. I'm in the year 2022. It's not my fault that uh, they did this thing, but it is, yep. it is historically accurate and it's historically important, so we have to keep this statue up. But I didn't do it, you know. But it's like yep. you're upholding it, you know. Yep. <laughs> anyway, what's next? <laughs>
1: i don't know what is next do we want to talk about the ending or are there other things we want to hit before we get to the ending
0: we can get into uh what we can call good for her question mark good question so do you want to start that off Um,
1: sure well i mean this whole thing like we've talked about this whole toxic soup chaos soup this whole movie is just like one big swirling mass of like No communication of a lot of emotions, of a lot of grief, of us seeing Danny go through so much shit, and she's trying to keep it together, but her boyfriend, like, doesn't care, like, will not, for the life of him, support her. She's doing her fucking best. There's all this weird shit going around, and... She is crowned our May Queen, and we see her basically make the decision to set her um her boyfriend and ablaze and also her shitty friends. Um well they were already dead, but regardless. Um so you know, it's this whole thing where it seems like at first she is getting her revenge. You know, she it finally seems like, okay, she's getting she's getting what he's getting what he deserves for how he treated her this whole movie and she is like living out that fantasy we all have of setting our terrible boyfriends on fire is like a very like kind of like very basic way of thinking about what is happening here is she is like finally free of the grasps of her toxic shitty boyfriend and you're like yeah good for you (laughs) I um but I mean like Yes and no. I guess I think, like, Good for Her is an incredible subgenre. Like, it's, I mean, now it's real. Of, like, women getting. women basically being like, fuck you, and destroying dudes, or, like, getting revenge. It, it's kind of, like, an umbrella term with Good for Her, because I think it can be applied to, like, so many different movies. Like, ah, Jennifer's body, she eats boys, because they're all terrible to her. Uh, Good for Her, Carrie destroys her entire prom because everyone bullies her, and her mom is an evil bitch. And here, it makes sense, because, you know, we're saying good for her, because she gets rid of Christian. I think it's a little bit more complicated than that with this one, too. It's always, But it's always more complicated than, like, good for her, because it's obviously, like, a reductive way. It's like seems reductive, but also is an incredible way of being like, yeah, bitch, like, get what's yours. Get what, like, fuck these guys or people that fuck with you and, like, you know, live your life without people being terrible. But it's a little bit more complicated here when we have, like, those layers of, like, white supremacy and the alt-right, like, going on with it, too, with this ending, I think.
0: Well, that's the thing. Like, Ari Aster has said he wants you to be able to see this movie on multiple levels. So I, I guess I just don't understand why people... like people like the good for her subgenre and so do i i don't get why this movie very specifically is held as like if you think good for her you're a stupid bitch and like uh, like you well, know what i mean like people yeah, think you're think problematic for that and it's like you can view it on multiple well, levels i mean
1: like it's such it's 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 such inter- well, one it's men feeling threatened by these kinds of movies and by women, like particularly like women and non-binary people being like, "Yeah, fuck that!" Like she, you know, a lot of the times in the good for her subgenre, it's a woman like killing or getting revenge on men, and it's such a threat to them. But if this movie specifically, I think, is like seen like that, and like you said, like the vitriol online about this movie specifically versus like a Carrie or a Jennifer's body is I feel like Chris, I don't think as many people see Christian as a villain. I think that in other movies, it's easier for people to see the man as a villain, but here Christian, like, I think the way that Christian is depicted is much as a little bit more nuanced than what we usually see. And I think that people are like, he's not that bad. Like, that's not fair. He's not as bad as all these others. And I'm like, well, does it yeah, matter? We're... No, it do- I'm not, I'm saying it doesn't matter, but I'm saying, I think that people think that way. And I also, I think that people are like, well, and I also think people might get defensive if they see, it's a little bit easier to see parts of yourself in his character. He's yeah, not necessarily that's just like a walking horror trope. He's a more realized character. And I think that in some ways people are like... People see that and they're like, well, he doesn't deserve it. Like, it's much more complicated than that. I'm like, well, yeah, it might be. But this is also an, a horror movie where we're ending with a guy in a bear suit with a building on fire. Like...
0: <laughs> exactly. Like, like, I that's what I mean. Like, <laughs> I don't get why if you... So, okay, say you're viewing this on a very like minimal level, like this is a breakup movie there's no racist undertones, right? I don't know how you could see it that way, but it is possible and people do it. And um, that's one of the ways Ari Aster intended for the theatrical cut to be seen. If you view it that way, why does it matter if he's not that bad to you? He w- He was bad to her? and it's a fucking movie it's not real like that when you say good for her with this movie specifically people take it as an endorsement that you think cheaters or people who are just like emotionally distant in relationships should die which i'm pretty sure no one fucking thinks that <laughs> like that's no. insane to say like um, no one has ever and i said that. i just don't understand because
1: well so i think that also so this movie came out like very close to Me Too. Um, yeah, when the whole that's like true. the Me Too stuff exploded, and I remember this, I remember all of this because I was in grad school, and like when that whole stuff like went crazy, I was like doing a lot of reflecting and stuff, and you know there was a lot of discourse online. You know there still is. I think this movie came out at a time when people were, like, very much... I mean, and again, this is just, like, my own theory that I just kind of thought about. It's, like, I think that this movie came out at a time when so many people were, like, (laughs) men are terrible. It's true. And I think it's, like, people saw this movie and were just, like, not all guys are terrible. I don't know. I feel like there's, like, some weird mix, like, emotional reaction of, like, somehow this movie got paired with that. And, like, somehow this movie became, like, a how... like. You can't, it's much more complicated than just, like, killing a guy for doing a bad thing. And it's like, yeah, it's a horror movie, bud. Like, we know. We're not saying kill him. (laughs) We're just saying, like, this is a way to, like, a, a really cool way, a really fascinating way, a really terrifying way of depicting, like what it could feel like to be going through that kind of relationship and, like, perhaps what catharsis looks like when you're in that kind of relationship. And it's like, no, Ari Aster slash Florence Pugh actually kills <laughs> this actor. Like, you would think that, like, there's, like, an actual murder going on here with the way people react about this movie. It's fascinating.
0: Yeah, I saw a lot of women, yeah. like, talking about that. And, you know, I think part of it is because it... When this movie first came out, people weren't sure if Christian was sexually assaulted or not. And to me, yeah. it seems really clear that he consented to the sex where I actually tend to think it shifted was when they drug him and he wasn't expecting that, it.
1: That was my thing. My thing was that I think he consented to a point And I do think when he's drugged and is in there and then they like push him.
0: Right. Yes. Like that That's how I see me- it, too
1: yeah it's like ooh, okay like there was consent
0: to a point and then and he then... changed his mind or yes maybe he didn't change his mind because he doesn't try to escape or anything he just looks like really confused by <laughs> what they're all doing and maybe that does um that does imply that he changed his mind i can't be sure like i don't know the intention of like the writing here For me, that's where he does change. And I think that because they drugged him, then it goes into sexual assault. So from that perspective, like, he, I think that people get upset because he is a a victim of sexual assault in that sense. And then he's killed later, where if he was depicted by a woman being sexually assaulted and then was killed like this later, people would be really mad about it. Yeah. And... I don't I don't necessarily agree with that and I also don't think um, liking that he dies for his other things that he's done is a problem because it's not real. It's not an endorsement of like killing people that you don't like. I just I don't get why this movie is held to that standard where like you know, carrie kills a bunch of innocent kids in in a gym the witch which i think has the closest ending to this one uh she doesn't kill her family but she does join the witches who literally kill babies and make baby butter out of their Mm. bodies you know what i mean and at the end and at the end she's lifted up and she's smiling and laughing that's the kind of the same ending as as this, and nobody ever uh, puts Thomason in, in that category of being problematic. But you know, she's about to go on and eat babies. You know, I I just don't I don't get it. I think I think I think probably you're right that people see parts of themselves in Christian, and it makes them uncomfortable. Yeah. Like. Oh, so you guys all think he's terrible and should just die because he's terrible? Well, I'm ter- I was a little bit terrible at a point. What should I just die? It's so like no no one fucking that. And I think that. that's
1: the thing. I think that Christian is one of the more like more nuanced depictions of these kinds of characters, you know what I mean? Like again, like I feel like in a lot of these like good for her movies, it's a little less complex. And that's not to say it's not to say that they're not complicated movies, but I think like the black and like there's I don't think it's great, like, especially in the context of it being a fucking horror movie. I, I think that obviously the Harga are the bigger villains, but Christian is about, like, Christian is also, like, a sub-villain if we really want to, like, put those labels on it. But again, I think that people, like you said, see themselves in this character and see a character that's perhaps a little bit more realized than they've seen in a movie like this before. And they're like, wait, you think I should die? And it's like, <laughs> no, no, read a book, like touch grass. Like, that's not what we're like. That's not what's saying. And if you think that this is like a full on happy ending of a movie, then like you're insane.
0: Right. Like, but also, not me- why not? Who cares?
1: Yeah, like. <laughs> Ari Aster hasn't like put out like a hit on you And like there isn't like there isn't like a hit out on all of you Like maybe it's just used as as an opportunity to reflect on your own behavior (laughs) Rather than like show your whole asshole to everybody
0: And in that same Vox interview um, that I was reading before Ari Aster does say that Christian actually is the main villain Because he's the main antagonist to Danny. Yeah And the whole thing is about Danny, So when you put it in that perspective, it's like, sure, kill the villain. You know, I don't know. I maybe I just don't like hold on to I I just don't hold movies to that standard where I think they need to be teaching me a lesson or need to teach anybody a lesson. Like, just watch it. Yeah. It is what it is. Go for it.
1: The chokehold that this fucking movie has on people is confusing to me. Yeah. I know you love this movie, and I like this movie okay. I like it a little bit more watching it this time around. I just think that people take it way too seriously. I think it's
0: mostly the people who don't like it who take it too seriously.
1: Well, yeah, I think so. It's just like... This movie's, this movie's this movie is so fucking exhausting. Like, I never want to hear about it again. I'm mm-hmm. sorry, but, like, it's so... I just feel like people are so fucking, like, up this movie's asshole. Like, to be... To, like, find something wrong with it or to, like, yell about it. And it's just, like, shut up. Please.
0: I've seen people who don't like this movie or don't like Danny call people who dress like the Harga, like, stupid, like, idiots and stuff. I, I think and
1: like look, I had a fucking bridal shower that was midsummer themed. Like, I don't have much room to talk here. I like, I will admit that I did do that because I was like, yeah, I like the like, it's funny. And
0: why is it stupid? The... It's a cool aesthetic.
1: I saw someone say that if you do that, you're a Nazi, and then I felt no. really, really embarrassed. No, you're was fucking like, not. Oh
0: god, you absolutely aren't. <laughs> there are plenty of pagan like things. There were have no symbols. It was
1: just flower crowns. <laughs> I promise. Yeah, there, there are plenty
0: of like. Do people think the Wicker Man is you know a racist cult? They don't have any black people either. No one ever goes around saying, "Oh, you're a racist if you love the Wicker Man." Like, you know what I mean? You never, you never know.
1: But no, it's not. It's definitely very much not. Like, yeah, no, I know what you mean.
0: That's just so yeah, wild to me to just throw that around yeah. be like, oh, if you dress like Danny, who is an iconic character at this point, she has an iconic look to her. If you dress like that, you endorse killing men for being slightly bad. And also I mean, you are <laughs> a racist. That's so wild to me to even like go there with that. Like, I I don't know. I just don't hold movies to that standard. Like, I don't think they need to teach everyone a lesson i think if you want to learn a lesson google is free i don't know (laughs) (laughs) but you know it's just it's just a piece of art and it got you talking about it
1: yeah it's true so yeah it's exhausting it's like just every the fucking discourse around this movie is so exhausting like i it's disturbing it definitely is. It's disturbing in its subject matter. It's disturbing in, like, a lot of the things it does. The imagery is really fucked up. I still think Hereditary is more fucked up in this movie.
0: Yeah, I just think the gore in this one is more surprising.
1: The gore is more surprising. I wish there was more, because I love gore, and I think that, like, the face smashing was really good. I kind of mm-hmm. am a fucked up little bitch, and wish they had showed us him skinning Mark. And grabbing his face to where I do wish there was more gore, but that's okay. That's just my own personal preference, and that's me. I don't <laughs> think I don't necessarily think the movie is affected by it. I just like more gore, so that's right. Person, that's personal. I, I agree with you. I think it's a little bit more like visceral. Um, yeah, and I think it's like the scale. The scale of both are like, if you really think about it, like hereditary it seems small scale, but like the implications are really big. Like if you were if, like, yeah, it's one family, but like the implications of like Haman being back on earth is like, a like, okay. Apocalyptic. But with yeah. Midsummer, it's like, it feels like a larger stakes, but then again, like nothing really, it, it, it kind of just ends with the fire. As far as we know, like, what does Danny do now? Like, is nothing? Yeah, like
0: yeah, it just affects their cult.
1: Yeah, there's no like real. It's interesting how like it feels like the stakes are small than large and hereditary, and then in this, it's like those stakes seem even bigger, but like actually, it's kind of done at the end. Like there's nothing.
0: Yeah, because they depend on not being found out.
1: Yeah, there's no like okay, a deity has been awakened. There's no like you're not pleasing a god. It's more just like cool, welcome to our group you killed your boyfriend.
0: Yeah, or, now go make a meat pie.
1: Yeah, like, go make a meat pie and put your period blood in someone's lunch <laughs> juice. Yeah. Like,
0: Oh, God. Yeah.
1: I, my favorite fucking part of this entire movie is the visual, like, obviousness that, that Christians drink is, like, a redder color than everyone else's. And it's, like, and we've, you've, you've gotten, like, the visuals beforehand of, like, women putting their period blood in, in, like, Food for spells like this visual kind of thing has been established throughout the beginning, and we see his cup that red color and everyone else's isn't. And I when I first saw this movie, I was like, "No way!" She perioded it <laughs> up, and she did, and I was like, "Damn, this movie rules!" The and fact that there is hair
0: and she
1: puts her food. pubic hair in the in the I don't know why the period butt thing freaks me out more, and that's my own thing to interrogate, but. <laughs> just like I hate both. Just like I would just cool leave.
0: <laughs> I would just leave. Just, just pouring her deep I'm done now. <laughs> I'm sorry. Gotta get my money back. Anyway, yeah. Well, I think that about does it for Midsummer Part Two. I don't think it's going to be a three-parter. I do want to read some of your emails because we got a lot of pretty good emails for Hereditary and for Midsummer. So, maybe um when we start our next series, we'll do that.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah, we can do like a
1: yeah, so thanks everybody for listening to our series on midsummer. Um, if you have any questions, comments, observations, thoughts, and prayers um about Ariaster or midsummer in general, you can send us an email at wonapocast at gmail dot com or you can and or follow us on twitter you can dm us at Wona Podcast. uh you can also follow the two of us on twitter i'm at mb mcandrews
0: and i'm at daxy bobbin
1: uh so thanks everyone again for listening and we'll see you next time
0: bye, bye. see you in 90 years <laughs>